Alright, so today we're going to continue talking about the red dragon or the devil or whatever we want to call him with all his names. And I'm not going to go into so much new stuff today. I want to get everything in, at, at a place where we understand it fully, what we spoke about and where it comes from. So I'm going to touch on just one or two things. But again, remember, we spoke about why last week, why, who created the devil, which is the Lord, and why did the Lord create the devil to destroy. Alright, so he knew that he created light and darkness, light, the good side, darkness, the bad side. Alright, uh, he brought that all in, I think at the end of the day for you and me to choose. We're not forced into anything. He never forces us to do anything. He gives us a choice. Alright, so today I just want to end that all off. And why are we talking about the enemy? For one reason, that you will not be afraid of him because he's nothing. Stop being afraid of the enemy. He has got no power. You have power over him because of the Holy Spirit in you. Don't fear the enemy. If you fear the enemy, it means you still need to grow in an area that you realize who he is. And that's why I did these teachings, so that you would stop fearing the enemy. Because if you fear the enemy, you will think he cannot do anything he wants with you. If you fear the enemy, you will be demon conscious the whole time. And that's what he wants, because he's lying to you. We're not demon conscious, we're Christ conscious. We don't, we don't, we're not scared of demons. Most people have demons in them, unfortunately. But that's not the issue. We've got the Holy Spirit. Then we cast them out and you get saved and you go on. And you, you learn to love the Holy Spirit. It's not an issue if you have demons in you. It's if you, if you don't want to get rid of them. Because that means you're listening to the lie. But this should not be an issue if you have demons in you. That's why the church are there to help you to get rid of the demons so that you can grow. And not have the lies anymore in you. And that they don't have right on you and in you anymore. But we need to know who this liar is, so we don't fear him, to realize he's nothing. Alright? I know if a demon comes and stands in front of you and you see how he looks, you're going to go, <gasps> because he's going to be ugly, but he still can't do anything to you. You must then just click and say, oh, this is how he looks, it looks bad, but he still can't do anything. Alright? It's something that we need to learn and, and, and grow in. If you want to see a demon, go look at games, go look at the TV, you will see them there. Where do you think they get those images from? From the supernatural, on the wrong side. Alright, so we're doing this so that you can grow to become stronger spiritually, so that you're not afraid and live in fear, because fear is from the enemy. Alright? So that's why we do this, and that's why I told you why and when he got thrown out of heaven, because he's got no more authority, he's got no more power. The only power he's got is the one you give him. And then it's your, your fault if he's ruling over your life because you are living in sin or allowing him to, to tell you lies and you're living for it. So stop listening to him, the wrong daddy. Alright, so let's go on. We ended off last week in the Garden of Eden. Right? We spoke about Genesis 1.31 and God saw that everything that he had made and behold it was good. Alright, we stopped there. So let's continue in Eden. We're still in Eden. We went to the beginning of the Bible with the Satan because he was there from the beginning, we said last week. Okay? So we want to continue in the beginning. So let's go to Genesis 2.4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Alright, so just follow with me when I go through here. So in this garden, it speaks about the generations, in this garden was a tree. There were two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the other tree, hmm? the tree of life. There were two trees placed in the Bible. So you just heard God created everything. So who created the trees? God. Two of them. So he knew there's a tree that's got evil in it, but he created it. Alright? Now, I, I don't want to go into this topic, but was it really a tree or not a tree, or was he speaking spiritually? We don't actually know. 
but both got a meaning. If we, whether it's in the natural or in the spirit, they both got a meaning. But we don't know if there was a physical tree or it was a, 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 a type and an image of saying something that the tree spoke or even the snake spoke. Because we've got this picture of the snake around the tree and he's speaking. But wasn't it just Lucifer standing at the tree speaking and he had the character of a snake? Because he was created in a way. Alright, think of it. He was created in a certain way. He was an angel. So was it a snake speaking or was it Lucifer standing there speaking because he had the nature of a snake? And if you want to know what the nature of a snake is, go look in Natural Geographic. There's lots of documentaries about snakes. You will see the character of a snake. Can you see him when he comes? Most of the times you don't. He's hidden. He doesn't face you and attack you. He's sneaky when he attacks you to bite you on your ankle. He's got that nature. That's the, the enemy's nature. Comes with a sneaky way to attack you. He won't go face to face with you. Alright, so that's just something you can go and ponder over in your own. But yeah, think about it. But this garden had two trees. Tree of life and the tree of good and evil, if you want to call it that. Now Genesis 2.15. Continuing in Genesis. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. So man was placed in this garden to look after it. Alright? He had to look at the garden what's going. But something that I just read that most of you just missed that I read it. I read it on purpose just so I see who's picking it up. But I don't see anybody's face picking it up. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden that means there was a garden God didn't create Adam in the garden like most of us normally think he didn't Adam was created somewhere else and then he was placed in the garden that was already existed that he created most of you believe he was properly created in the garden of the garden and the Lord was standing in the garden using the dust in the garden and creating that's not what the Bible says just something to think about he was made somewhere and then placed into the garden alright he had to do some things there trace it and keep it look after everything and the animals this I, I'm not saying this is truth but it's just something that I thought about if he was placed in the garden to look after the garden there was light and darkness so was he supposed to look at the darkness also to see that they are doing the right thing or not? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't want to talk about that. But God created man and placed him in this garden. Alright, we just read it there. Now, let's go to verse 8 here. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Alright? Read it again as you see it on there. What do you read there? Look at it. Word for word. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Does it say it was placed eastward in the garden of Eden? No. It was placed within Eden. So Eden is a place. And there he put the man so there we see that he placed the man there whom he had formed. So, the Bible says he created the garden. So let's say there's the garden. Because it doesn't say Eden is the garden. It's in Eden there's a garden. So there was a garden. And he took Adam and he placed him there. Alright, so that's what the Bible says. So there was a place called Eden and inside this place there was a garden. And he placed man inside of the garden. He didn't place man inside of Eden. And it's not the garden of Eden like you believe. We're taught. It's a place called Eden. That's why they say the garden of Eden. It's that garden of Eden. It's like you say this is George. And we have a dam. The dam is not George. There's a dam in George. Do you understand that all? And you were all told the Garden of Eden is the Garden of Eden. That was the name. It's not. It's not what your Bible said. Alright? So, how and all that happened, we're not going to talk about. But 
I just want to get to the basics of there's a garden inside this place called Eden. I'm going to show you the verses now to prove to you that I'm not lying. So we have got that verse that's saying they were placed in a garden. I'm going to show you some other verses. So you can see this. Genesis 4.16. Now this is after the, everything that happened in the garden of Eden. Then Cain left Adonai's presence and dwelt in the land of wandering east of Eden. He was kicked out of the garden. They, they, they had some problems there. He was kicked out. Where, where did he have to go and stay when he was kicked out of the garden? East in Eden. So, if we go back. Cain was kicked out. And he was told to go live in Eden. Because he's not in the garden anymore. Your Bible says it. How many have read that? We thought he was thrown out of the Garden of Eden. No, he was thrown out of the garden. He had to go stay in Eden. Alright, the next verse. Genesis 3, 24. He drove out the man and of, uh, at the east of the Garden of Eden. He placed the cherubim and the flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the Tree of Life. See, they were thrown out of what? Eden. No, out of the Garden. They had to go out of the garden. Ezekiel 31.9 I made it beautiful with the multitude of its branches and all the trees of Eden which were in the garden of God. We're jealous of it. See? So get that religious image out of your head. The garden of Eden That's not what your Bible says. It's a place called Eden and it had a beautiful garden that God created. And he placed man in the garden. Alright? So God gave man some things to do in this garden, alright? He had to attend to some things. He gave him authority and dominion to subdue this place, alright? He gave him the authority and dominion for, for him to, to do this. Genesis 3.1 it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Alright, so, he's saying here he's very subtle he's talking again about the nature of this the snake, the devil alright, remember, because he was created to destroy so the Lord knew his character, what he was, was, was capable of, that's why the Lord told them, don't eat of that tree because the tempter the snake, the serpent is there, I created him there so watch out for him, alright, he said there so, what do you see here he was created in the beginning. So that means when Adam was placed in the garden, guess who waited for him there? The one that was made in the beginning. The destroyer. He was already there. Adam was only made later. Alright? Because he was made in the beginning. The, the enemy. Light and darkness. I mean, they were actually there before God actually started creating them, the rest of the plants and the animals of the field and the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. So, verse 26, Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Alright? So everything man have dominion over, must rule over we're not doing a very good job of that at the moment if we look at the planet because God said everything was good so he had to go and he went and rested because man has got now the authority the dominion to be able to cope in this environment that he created this garden that he created to, to live according to what the Lord wanted them to do um, so the serpent is in the garden already he was called, the names that we see that they call him, it depends on where in the Bible they call him. It will be different, the devil, the dragon, or the Satan. He is also known as the old serpent. Now you know why he's called the old serpent. Because he was there from the beginning. He was old, alright? He's there from the beginning. That's why he's got that name also. We said last week he was there from the beginning, the serpent, because he's got the character, and the Bible says he's a liar from the beginning and a murderer. And he was created to destroy. Now, 
Colossians 1.11 We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of His glory the exercise, uh, to exercise every kind of endurance and patience perseverance and forbearance with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints God's holy people in the light we are it says there qualified by who? Father He qualifies you to what? to have an inheritance remember we spoke about the inheritance was it two weeks ago? we spoke about the inheritance that we receive as the saints and I said it's only for those those people that pursue that grow it's a, it's a sought out group of people that are growing, it's not for all believers it says here of the saints God's holy people and they are walking in the in the light guys you need to get this if you are not walking as a holy person in the light you are going to miss this one day why do we put so much pressure on holiness that he that, that the Lord make you holy you can't make yourself holy but he can make you holy in your walk that you choose if you are not walking in holiness you're going to miss this stuff there's a requirement for this stuff it's not an automatic you get this because you said yes to Jesus you get this when you walk and you have a relationship with Jesus then you walk in this stuff when you walk in the light but most believers are walking in darkness they've got like a dark cloud hanging over them the whole time they're walking more in darkness than in light you're going to miss it we need to step up and know what we need to walk in to get in, to walk into this fullness that's already given to us, but we need to walk in it. Remember what we said last week, my line is going to be king one day because of his heritage, but he's got to walk it from a child into that position that he's already have, but he's got to walk it to get it one day. You already have this dominion, inheritance, it's there for you because you're a child of God, but you need to walk and grow into that thing, otherwise you're going to miss it. Because you can choose to miss it. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness guys read this over and get this in your heart the father has delivered and drawn who does who delivers you the father who closed the water in the red sea when they got walked through the water in in, in, uh, in exodus lord the lord he closed the water and killed the egyptians picture of baptism it's the same year the Father has delivered and drawn. Who draws near? Most of the time we think it's us drawing near. It's Him drawing near to us. So that why? So that we are out of the control and the dominion of darkness. And has transformed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He's taking you out of that kingdom of darkness so you can walk in this kingdom of love actually. I'm going to read again. The Father has delivered. So believe it. You are delivered. Not, oh, I'm struggling. You are delivered and drawn and has drawn us to Himself out of the control of the dominion of darkness. So why are you still in the dominion of darkness? Because you choose it. Because He's actually taken you out. You keep going back because of your sin or whatever you're doing and has transformed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have our redemption through his blood which means the forgiveness of our sins the blood the blood the blood is the one if you look at the blood it's the thing that cleanses the blood is the thing that takes all the forefather spirits and all those ancient stuff away all right this thing heals us the blood that's what the cross made the cross so beautiful for us who is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of every creature yeah, he's the firstborn for by him were all things created that are in heaven and are in the earth visible and invisible do you get that? all, everything is created visible and invisible so the demonic 
All that was part of his plans and his, his creation and it's all in there. The invisible and the visible. Whether they be thrones, there's one. So he's naming them now, what he created. Whether they're thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, for him. So when the demons have got a little bit of a kingdom going there and a group of them, that doesn't phase the Lord at all. He created it. He's not going to get sidetracked because, oh, they're growing a bit of numbers there now. So this is going to be a problem for me. No, it's your problem because you are in that stuff. It's not the Lord's problem. He's conquered them. We read that the dragon is slain. He's got no more power. Okay? But you see there, thrones, dominions, and principles and powers, all these were created by him. He created it. So what does that all mean? Who's in charge? God. Not the devil, not the demons. The Lord is in charge. He's not going to get faced by any of this. But we as Christians sometimes act as if we've got to have a warfare with the enemy because God's not seeing what we're seeing and we can fight better than the Lord. So we want to fight these demons and devils and dominions and principalities and powers and we have war with them. But he's in charge. He made them. If you make something, you know what you're making. Alright? He's God. It's as if we made want to be God and we don't trust Him to, be, to rule for us. We want to rule it. We want to fight the devil. Paul in Colossians says the following. And He is before all things, and by Him all things con- consist. He's before all things. And He is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminences. For it pleased the Father that in him shall all fullness dwell. Guys, do you see how what he's given us, this power, this authority that he's given us as believers, where the darkness has got no place? And we need to act on that so that we can walk in victory Ephesians 17 1 verse 17 to 19 for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him what is he saying here what does he want you to get all of you sitting here the revelation and wisdom of mysteries and secrets so that means if you look at your Bible today where's my Bible if you look at this book this book is full of mysteries and secrets but you need wisdom and understanding to get the revelation of what's written in you otherwise you're just going to read the natural story and you're not going to see the wisdom in you And it says there, in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. Intimacy. What does intimacy mean? It means you and Him. Not you and someone else and Him. You and Him. Intimacy. Out of intimacy, revelation comes. Out of intimacy, secrets get revealed to you. Mysteries will be will light will come shine let's put it this way explain it to you this way if there's darkness if there's darkness somewhere what does that mean all it means is the light jesus has not revealed yet what's hidden in there but if you bring jesus the light into darkness it reveals what was hidden i hope you guys got that Don't be so afraid of darkness. Most of the time it just needs light to reveal what is hidden in darkness. If I switch off the light here at night, you will not see what's here. But if I hit the switch of that light switch, immediately it's revealed. The chairs, everything in here will be revealed. That's what it's talking about here. What reveals it? The light. 
You just have to, he needs you to put on the switch. But the light will do the work for you. And darkness, what happens with darkness if you switch on the light? It disappears. It's gone. Can darkness kill a light? No. Only you can switch it off. Darkness cannot be killed, cannot kill a light. The light kills the darkness. See, the natural explains the spiritual. By having the eyes of the heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope of which He has called you, and how, uh, how rich His glorious inheritance in the saints. Again it says there, He's set apart. See, there's something, it's not in the normal, in every believer, the set apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength. So He's saying, in you, He's placed the power in you. His power in and for us. This unmeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness. And we fear the enemy. And He's placed this inside of you. Do you see how we miss it? This is placed inside of you, but we still fear the enemy. Because we don't know this is in us. Our cages get rattled so easily when somebody says something. And then you believe a lie about that thing. Instead of knowing who you are. And not listening to the lie that comes out of that thing. Ephesians 1.20 Which he ex exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Do you see what power he has? It says far above all the rule and authority and power. The enemy had power, but not anymore. If his power is taken away, it means he had power at some stage. And dominion, his rulership, and every name that is named. Above every, so every name that is named is any other god. Because there is other gods with a small g in the Bible. Mammon, um, go read your Bible, there's a lot of them there. Above every title that can be confer conferred, not only in this age and, is, and in this world, but also in the age and the world which is to come. So they wrote this 2,000 years ago. So we are in that to come world now. Alright, so there's still, he's still, he said it's to come, so that rulership and all that I just read is valid for today. As it was valid there, they actually say to us for those to come, and we are now 2,000 years later. So we are walking in that. Um, and he has put all things under his feet and he's appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church a headship exercised throughout the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all for in the body lives, all, lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and to force everything everywhere with himself. So what is this saying? It's saying, the Lord, from be the beginning, from before time, said, one day I'm going to have a church. But there's things that need to happen for that church to stand one day. And that church that I'm going to create one day, my son is going to be the head of that church, of that body. And he names it a body so that we can see how does a body look. It's got arms, it's got legs, it's got toes, it's got fingers, it's got a nose, it's got an eye. He named it a body so that we can relate to it to see that it's got a function. Because your body's got different functions. Otherwise he would have called it a stone or a tree. He's calling it a body so that we can relate. Because the mind, everything that we, we, we get, gets thrown to the mind and then we walk it out. He's going to be the head. Making the decisions of everything that the Father placed in the heart. But he's going to need a body. He's going to need a group of people that will follow the head. Have you noticed? How does your body work if you walk? Do you walk this way and your head's that way? 
Who determines the direction when you walk? Your head. Where it looks, the body follows. Have you ever thought of that? That's why he's called the head. One day he's going to come and he's going to be the head and the body will follow him 100%. Now we don't walk in that yet. But we need to get our act together, if I can call it that way. So you can see the, how we must realize this, so that we start following that head. Even though we are making mistakes, we must still learn to follow the head because one day we're going to be part of that body when the body is in its fullness. We need to realize we're going to follow this head. And that's what he's saying. And he did this. He planned this before time. He planned this before the enemy. So the enemy actually is playing a role in the body that's going to come one day to see what day you're going to choose. Which father you're going to choose. Are you going to be part of the father that's got the light that's a part of the body? Or are you going to be the father of darkness following him? Or are you just going to float in the middle? Because that's when he spits out, he says... I'm reading a lot of these verses. I want you to see these verses are emphasizing the power of the Lord, the authority, the dominion, everything that He has. You need to know these stuff. Ephesians 2, 6, uh, 6 to 7. And He raised us up together. So if I read that, and He raised Matthias, Yanel, Saro, Andre, He raised you up together with Him. That's what it's saying there. And made us sit down together, give us joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ. Why are you seated there? Because you are? You chose that one, in Christ. The Messiah, the anointed one. He did this that He might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of His free grace. His unmerited favor and His kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, that says it all. He did that for you. This plan He made from the beginning, the serpent, the cross, His Son dying on the cross, Him dying on the cross, was made for you. So that you can become His church one day. And we don't get it. We struggle with this thing. We rather believe the enemy's lies when we, when we walk. So God had this plan of this church from day one. But He wanted to see what are you going to choose. He's giving you the authority to choose. Which one are you going to choose? Are you going to follow Jesus that's the head or are you going to follow yourself? Because if Jesus is not the head of your body and of the body, then man is. And if man is there, then there's going to be problems. Because the God of Eden is a good thing to show us that when man rules, they make mistakes. But we have the fullness now. We have it. Matthew 4, 1 verse 3. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So this happened. Jesus was aged 30. He just turned 30. And the Lord told him, it is the time to walk in what I called you to walk. So he had to wait 30 years before he could walk in what he was called to walk. So as he walked, he was told to get baptized. So he walked in the river. John the Baptist baptized him. And immediately the Holy Spirit took him into the desert. Why? Because the pattern was continuing. When the Israelites went through the water, through their baptism at the Red Sea, where did they go immediately after that? Into the desert. So the same thing is going to happen here again. All right? Even, even Adam was kicked out of the garden into Eden. The pattern is continuing. So, we, this verse now takes place where Jesus just was baptized and he's walking into the desert being led by the Spirit. He's not being led by the devil to go and suffer there. The Holy Spirit is taking him into the desert. And this is what we read here. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. See, the Spirit led him there to be tempted of the devil. You see there? What is the Spirit organizing here? Do you realize it? What is the Holy Spirit doing here with Jesus? So this Holy Spirit, if you look at it this way, He is taking Him there so that what can happen with Him? That He can get tempted. That should shake some of your religious things. 
like you always believe. So the Lord is taking his son into the desert to be tempted by the devil to see what he's going to choose. You also get tempted. Why does the Holy Spirit get that going with you? He wants to see what you choose. It's still happening with us today also in our walk. Watch when people get baptized, how quickly they get tempted after the baptism for their old sin, to fall back into their old sin. This is a beautiful picture of what we can do. That's why it's in the Bible, to show you you can do this too. Because the Spirit is tempting him here, his son. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So he's hungry. He didn't eat for 40 days. He's hungry. He's weak and he's hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, so when is the tempter coming? When Jesus was weak and hungry. That's what he does with you too. He comes to you when you're weak and he attacks. Comes with a lie. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou art the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. You see what's happening here. He's challenging one of Jesus here, his heritage. And we're supposed to know our heritage. Didn't I teach you the last three Sundays? Know your heritage. Then you won't fall for the lie. The enemy came with Jesus with the same thing. He wanted to see if he knows his heritage. He did that with Adam. Adam and Eve made a mistake. Here Jesus comes to be tested that the Holy Spirit can see. Does he know his heritage? Does he know why he's going to the cross? Because if Jesus wanted, he could stop going to the cross right here. This was his escape, not to go to the cross. If Jesus followed the, the, the devil here, he did not have to go to the cross. That's why he got tempted here, to see if he was willing to go to the cross. If he was willing and, and act in a different way than the first Adam act. It's the same as the first Adam, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of his mouth, uh, mouth of God. Then the devil take him. Okay, so the first one turned the stones into bread. Alright? I'm not going to go into the prophetic of that. There's a deep prophetic meaning in all of those things. I'm not going to go into that now. But he gets tempted by bread. He's hungry. He wants to eat, so he's asking about this bread thing. But look at the answer to the first question. But he answered and said, It is written. The next one. Then the devil take him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So he's sitting on the top of the temple now. The highest point in the city. Alright? Think of it spiritually. I just want to give you a little nugget. Who's the temple now? You. Where is he sitting? See how you must read this if you want to look at it spiritually? But I'm, okay, we're not going to go into that. I'll just give it to those that want to go seek that. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, look, he's going for the heritage again. Does he know who he is? Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and, that, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Let at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. There are deep prophetic words there. What is a stone? It's the law that he's talking about there. But anyway, so the second time, again, that tag goes for the heritage. Jesus said unto him, here comes the answer for this thing that he's tempting you with. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into the exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things I will give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Isn't that what the cross was all about? To get everybody into Christ. See how the devil goes for this. He tells him, no, you don't have to do anything. If you bow down to me, you get all of this. So it was a quick and easy way to get what Jesus came for. But he knew, he knew he had to go to the cross. He couldn't take it by bowing his knee to darkness. Then says Jesus unto him, 
get thee hence Satan for it is written thou shalt not worship the Lord thy, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thy serve then the devil leaveth him he attacked Jesus' heritage like he attacked Adam's heritage like he's still attacking your heritage today but how did Jesus counter the attack it is written it is written it is in other words I know who I am I know what the word says who I am and when he said that the enemy had to leave he could not touch Jesus and if you read your Bible further you will see the enemy never attacked Jesus again have you thought about that? After this attack that the enemy came with, he could not attack again. Because why? Jesus knew his heritage. He did not fall for the lies anymore. So the enemy couldn't come and say, Oh, hulle skinder achter jou rug van jou, nee? Foi toch, sien jy, so waardig, you're not worthy. Or you were brought up in a difficult house, your father drank a lot, your mother father beat your mother or your mother drank a lot and, you, and you've got this your, your, your self image is hurt and then we live in that why? and I know these are hard things, we all go through these things but it's because we don't know our heritage, who we are because when you came born again, you are adopted into a new family, you've got new blood in you you've got Jesus' blood in you that old life is now gone, you created new know that, that's your heritage not what people say, they just don't know you that's why they say that and it hurts, I know it hurts but don't live in that because they're ignorant or they don't know what they're talking about you must know who you are don't care what the people think you are if you don't know who you are the enemy is coming for you, not the people this whole thing I read to you now with Jesus, this is what I read to you I think two Sundays ago in Isaiah 54 it's the same thing happening here with Jesus when he went into the desert he got tempted the spirit took him there to get tempted by the devil remember Isaiah 54 it said thou shalt be far from terror they may rise up against you but he's not from me remember when you read that stuff when they come to attack they will fall so this serpent that is created to destroy he got nailed here when he came because of Jesus knowing his heritage how did he know his heritage? he knew what was written who he is and he took that out of the Torah the first five books of the Bible it was written you can go check all those three things is in the, in the first five books of the Bible that he quoted there it's in your Bible he didn't thumb suck that and say it is written in the, it is in your Bible it is written those things that he quoted there so the devil came, he tried his luck with Jesus and he failed he's going to come to you, check if you know your heritage and if you allow him not to know what it is, who you are he's not going to walk away like he did there do you know when Jesus was tempted there God didn't help him do you read there that God helped him? it only said that the spirit took him in to be tempted by the devil why didn't God help him? while he's hungry getting attacked with the questions of the enemy Jesus was in the desert with the Holy Spirit in him remember he had the helper with him but the father never came and assisted when did the father assist him? when the enemy left God said to the angels go and help my son because he knew his heritage he was ready so when are you going to get help with all your problems? when you know your heritage then father will also say go help my son and my daughter they know who they are they're not walking in lies anymore they don't fall for the lies of the enemy anymore he, he's not going to walk away because you are fighting him he's going to walk away from you if you know your heritage get that stop trying to fight the enemy know your heritage and he will walk away he hasn't got a choice he must walk away because he's got no power he's got, he hasn't got anything else to give to attack you with that's his only method of attack use it to your advantage that's why we have it 
When you are tempted, answer the enemy. When he comes with you with something, how do you, what's the easiest way for you to know how to counter the enemy? Tell him it is written. Ba, 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 ba. Why do I keep saying we must know the word? I've got some examples here to make it practical for you. The enemy will come to you and say, do this thing. You know, in the workplace when you've got your own business or um, wherever you're at a job where you work or whatever the case may be, he's going to come and say, let's do this thing. Let's quote this guy this much. But we're going to use this cheap stuff here. You know, we're going to make more money out of it then. You know how we do that? We're going to quote them for this expensive paint. But we're going to use the cheap ones. Huh? Let's do that. Then you're going to make more profit out of this. He's going to come with those things and tell you, do this, man. You're going to make more money. And then he will even come and say to you, then you can use that money to give to the church more. Whatever you want to use it. He's going to come with a lie. What must your, your answer be when you get that thought? When he comes with that attack? You must say, uh, I said this one, it is written. Here you can see, weary not yourself to be rich. Seize from your own human wisdom. Stop using your brain. In other words, your intellect. It's got no use in the kingdom for figuring things out. It's got a different use in the kingdom. Will you set your eyes upon wealth when suddenly it is gone? For riches certainly, uh, certainly make themselves wings like an angel and flies towards the heavens. Alright, the next one there. Walk with these friends to the pub or hang out with them. So, the enemy is going to come and say to you, Oh, they invited you to go to the pub. Or at, to their house. We're just going to chat a bit there at their house. But you know they are wrong friends. And the enemy comes, Yeah, oh, but I mean, you don't have to drink, just go with them. You know, just, just be there. You don't have to drink anything. Just go sit with them. And then you say, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm just going to go with them. I'm not going to drink anything. Maybe I can get some of them saved even while I'm there. I'm going to try that. Yes, I'm going to go with them. Maybe I can. I'm the one that must go there to get them saved. Huh? You're supposed to say what is in your Bible, what is written. Let's see this. He who walks as a companion with wise men is wise, but he who associates with self-confident fools is a fool himself, and he shall smart for it. Huh? It calls you a fool if you do that. So what do you tell the enemy when he comes to that? He says, you tell him, it is written, I'm not going to be a fool because I know it's a fool that walks with these men. What does the enemy do then? He will walk away because he can't tempt you to go with those people. Because you're going to be the fool if you go with them. Because you're going to drink and they're going to turn you. You're not going to turn them if you're still a baby. Because these things he's going to tell a baby, not a grown, mature Christian. Because you know a grown, mature if somebody comes to me now and tells me, go, come on, go with me to the pub, I'm going to tell him to go, take a hike. But I can even go into the pub and it's not going to phase me. Why? Because I'm mature enough now to understand what's going on. But a baby Christian is not going to be mature enough. You're not going to stand. Alright? Look at Proverbs 4.14. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. It says don't even go with them. Now I'm going to see how it is. And then if it's not nice, I'm going to walk away. You're going to struggle to walk away. You're going to sit there, must I go, must I not go? Man, I should not have come here. But now I'm here. Now it's going to look bad if I walk again. You should not be there in the first place. The word says that. But we don't know the Bible. Then we come in, in, into contact with these people and these things and we don't know how to handle it because we should not be there in the first place. Know the word. Alright? Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn from it and pass on. If you do that, you will have no problem because then you know your heritage. But if you don't, the enemy is going to come and lie for you. Um... The enemy comes and says to you, Oh, you know that movie you want to watch? Let's watch that movie. 
Yeah, but then I must download that movie and it's illegal. No, but nobody's going to know. It's cheap. Download that music, that music. Go to Skull Music or MP, all those MP3 players. Go download those songs. Huh? It's cheap. You don't have to pay anything. Come on, let's do that. Then nobody's going to know. It's on your phone. Who's going to see that? They don't know if you've got Apple Music or Spotify. They're going to think you're playing it through that. They're not going to know. Download that music. Come on. Nobody's going to know. Yeah, all your friends are doing it anyway. So who are you not to, to do that? Hmm? That one in Soma. The Christians love doing that. Download the music. I also did that for years. And then the Lord came and said to me, no, stop that. Then I had a choice. Am I going to stop or am I going to continue? Alright? So, how do you quote that? Just go to the Bible and says, no. If sinners entice you, do not consent. Don't do it. If those things come, don't do it. You know it's wrong. Stop it. Don't do it. When you lie down at night and you get scared because of whatever, scared of a demon or an enemy or things happening, and if you lie in your bed, we all have those times when we lie in bed and something hits you and you, you get scared, whether it's the, the demonic that's trying to attack you or whatever the case may be. What must you do? It is written. And then you quote. Here's, here's the verse that I got here. Um, is it the right one here? Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic. Remember, you're getting attacked, you're lying in bed and you get a panic attack. Oh, I've got to do all this at work tomorrow and the people are going to do this and that. Huh? Got a new job tomorrow. Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic. Nor of the stormy blast or the storm and ruin of the wicked when it comes. For you will be guiltless. For the Lord shall be your confidence. So walk in this. This is your answer to the enemy when he wants to give fear to you because of whatever is coming. If you've got something new, He's given it to you. So don't fear that thing. Walk in it. And it says here, the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. So if you walk that way, you will not have problems. But walk in fear, and you're going to make lots of mistakes. Because you're listening to the wrong enemy. To the enemy. Alright? Guys, we need to know Jesus has given us a way to counter the enemy. You don't have to every time quote the verse, da 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 da. You just need to know what is in the Bible. You don't have to have all the knowledge of every verse like I've just used. I've just shown you examples that the stuff is in your Bible. Every sin you have, there's a counter in your Bible for it. Just know the stuff that when the enemy comes and tells you to do this, they say, I know it's written. This is a lie that you're telling me because I know what's written in the Word. This is not who I am. I will not go with these friends. I will not do this thing. I will not try and make money out of hurting people. And then he will stop enticing you in those sins. Because he knows you know the truth. But if you don't know the truth, he's going to come for you. Alright. I mean, there's a lot of verses I got here. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. By his stripes I am healed. God shall supply all my needs. Those are all verses that tell you if you don't have money, then you know this enemy, you're not going to tell me it's because of this or that that I'm doing wrong that I don't have money. He, God shall supply all my needs. That's what I stand on. I had to apply that the most in my life when we don't have finances. For years we have walked in that with no finances and knowing that made us go through it. When we get thrown down and we don't have money, there's bills to be paid. I just said, God, you are my, my supplier. It's in your hands. And then things come through. But if I go and say, well, what must I do? I must go find another job maybe and do something else and do this and do that. You're going nowhere. Because you don't know who you are. And I had to walk through that stuff to realize who he is. And to see, when I realize who he is, he is my provider, he fulfills my needs, then he comes and he does it and he shows himself to us. And he fulfills that need. I mean, I can give you testimonies upon testimonies of how he's done that. But I need to know that, otherwise I'm going to walk in fear when the Lord. Even today we use it. I use that regularly today. 
when there's no money I don't go and panic man, I say Lord you've helped me up to here I know how you work it's, your, it's in your hands, alright and I sit back and I praise him not fear that I don't have money alright I'm going to give you a practical thing I'm going to give you an example of what everything I just said now, I'm going to close over this when there's a war I heard this from somebody and this is so beautiful to understand this when there's a war alright let's I've got an example I used here America and Germany are having war like this like the second world war alright let's use the second world war America is fighting Germany Germany is fighting America in the war they had ranks each army generals, sergeants um, lieutenants captains there's rank orders alright in the armies so the Americans have rank orders and the Germans have got their rank orders but they're in a war do you know that whatever country conquers the other country keeps the land but the people of the land still stays there America conquered the Germans the Germans still lived in the land alright you must get this to understand what the kingdom is about when America conquered Germany the Germans that were left still stayed there right? when the army was conquered they still stayed there alright they still lived there they didn't move somewhere else all the Germans packed their bags and went to other country they went to Denmark or somewhere no, they stayed in Germany alright I'm trying to get, I hope you see what I'm getting to with the enemy when you got thrown out of heaven so the people are still in the land after America now won and beat Germany do you know the following will take place on the streets of Germany an American soldier with no rank can walk up to a general in the German army and says you dog who do you think you are and that general cannot touch him do you get that a sergeant in the American army can walk up to a general of the German army and say to him give me your hands so I can tie you up and throw you in jail and what did the German army general have to do? why? because they lost the battle all their power and authority and dominion was stripped even though he had the title he cannot use it anymore a guy with no or nearly no title can tell him what to do and he had to listen. That's what happens in the spiritual realm. When Jesus threw out the enemy on the earth and said, you have no more power, no dominion over anything anymore, he's supposed to listen to you because his, his power was stripped away. Even generals. That's why this theology that we have these days of demons having all these ranks, it means nothing. Who cares if they had ranks? If you are nothing, a, a sergeant in the Lord's army, still a baby, that general demon must listen to you. He cannot use his rank above you. He has no right. So stop worrying about ranks of demons. It plays no role. Whether that German is a lieutenant, a sergeant, a general, it makes no difference. He's got no power or authority. We in the church have all these teachings about the the, all the, the strong men and all that stuff that, and we make them stronger than us yeah they might have lieutenants and stronger ones and weaker ones that, but it doesn't make any difference they have no power if that can help you to understand who you are then nothing if you don't want to get this you're not going to get it I can't make it easier for you to understand than this that general had all the authority his whole army listened to him but when he lost the battle, like Jesus made him lose the battle when Jesus got born and he walked it out on the cross, he lost all authority. Every demon out there lost their authority. And if you are just born again today and a believer in Jesus Christ, you have authority given of all the verses that I read to you earlier, you have the authority to say to that general demon, go and he needs to listen to you. Because the authority is given to you. All the authority. Stop making the demons something they're not. 
Stop giving them power that they don't have. It's already been taken. You're giving it back to them. They are defeated. The devil, the demons are under your feet. Start knowing that and start walking in that. You can put that general in prison and he cannot come out. I hope that makes sense for you guys. From today forth, know who this enemy is. And in the, if he had ways and he, he, he attacked you in ways, some people get attacked in their sleep, some get attacked in their thoughts and, and, and all these things. How do you get rid of it? Know who you are. If you know who you are, then he can't attack you. Because you can say no to him. Because we get Christians that are only demon focused and we get Christians that don't believe in demons. And then we get Christians that are only devil focused and then those ones that don't believe in anything demon. Guys, the devil can still attack you. I've said it so many times. But he's got no power. I didn't say he cannot attack you. He can still come for you. But he's got no power to do anything unless you give it to him. So stop saying those things that the devil is doing this and that. He will come sometimes. Not always, most of the times it's you. But when he comes, and he will, start walking in the church, the fullness of the church, the saints. Walk in that and say to him, it is written, you will not tempt me. Oh, go, don't you want to love this person and that person and these idols? I worship and say, no, no, I only worship the true God. I don't worship idols. It is written. Know the stuff that's in your Bible says that when the, the enemy comes with that lie, you can say, no, finished. All right? And we need to walk in these things. You need to do it, otherwise it's not going to work. You need to start growing to become the church now so that one day when he comes for the church that you are in the church. In other words, the body of Christ with him the head. But you need to walk in it now. Not sit here and let the enemy walk over you and do whatever he wants to do and you're missing it the whole time. But we are supposed to walk in it so that other Christians can see how to walk in this stuff. Stop walking in the sinful stuff and start walking in the light so that the, light, the darkness can disappear when the light walks in. That's who you are. When you walk into the pub, all demons must go out of the pub because you walked in because Christ are in you. That's what you must walk in with the pub. Not walk into the pub and think they're going to come to me now. Then you're still a baby and you don't know what the word is saying. Alright? Guys, let's get our focus and know our heritage and get our focus right to see who we are. Now remember, I told you when I was in India, a demon attacked me. Just as I wanted to go into sleep, a demon attacked me. Alright? And he picked me up in his hand. And he threw me against the wall. He, he beat me against the walls and he threw me. And it was scary for a second. And then I realized who I am in Christ. I applied who I am in Christ like I've just taught you in four Sundays now. I applied at that moment when I realized what was going on. That first second you like dumbfound what is going on here. And I could feel the pain as he's crushing my ribs. You can feel it. But he cannot hurt you. It's difficult to explain. You feel the pain at your body, but it's not really happening here. But you can feel as if it's happening here. The spiritual realm is just as real as this realm, for those that haven't been there. So, he was doing all of this, and then I got out of it, and I realized, oh, Jesus, that's the one I need now. And when I brought that in, he left. Immediately, he left. He wasn't going there telling me, no, he's not going anywhere, or he left. And when I woke out of this thing, he was standing in the room. I knew exactly where he was standing in the room. And I told him, go. And he went. And then he never bugged me again. And there's nothing to do with me. It's him, Jesus, that did that. But I had to know who I am to apply Jesus to what I have inside of me. This power and authority that I have. Inside of me. But this week, I was watching a video on YouTube and I saw this video. You know when you're on YouTube and you, it starts playing the clip automatically? And I saw something in the clip as I was looking at something else, but this clip was where the, the scroller was. And I looked at this and I went and I played and I looked at it again. And I saw, when I looked at this, I saw this is exactly what happened with me when I saw this clip. So I want to play you this clip. It's like two seconds. So watch carefully. But this clip is exactly the size of the demon, how big I was compared to the size of the demon, 
and how he looked, his hands and stuff. Just to give you that. So remember what I said, if you want to see demons, go look at games and go look at movies, some movies. That's where they get the ideas from. So look at this. I'm going to show it once more. Look how the size of his hands compared to me. That's supposed to scare people now because of look at the size. But it should not. Because how, even how big that demon was when Jesus came on the scene, it was over. And he left. You all can do that. I'm not special. It's the one inside of you that makes you special. I mean, in the natural, you, you will lose that battle. That thing is way stronger than me. Like I said, I could feel him crushing my ribs when he, was, he had his hands on me. Just my head was out at the top. But he had no power. So did he come again for me? No. Why? Because I knew who I was. I knew who Christ is. And that's what I want for you guys to get to that place when the enemy comes to attack that it will not, he will not have any impact on you. Yes, it's not nice seeing that thing, but it can't do anything. Know that it cannot do anything to you. All right. Amen. Yeah? So Charles is here.